2: Hey, it's
3: Doug Gottlieb. You know, our trusted partner, Tyerac.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Hankook Dyna Pro AT2 Extreme. But did you know they sell other automotive products, wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few? Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to tirerack.com slash sports. Tyerac.com, that's the way tire buying should be.
0: Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast.
4: Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 12 to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and FS1. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Herd.
5: Listening to Fox Sports Radio.
3: What up? Welcome in. This is the herd. Wherever you may be, and however you may be making this part of your day, thanks so much. I'm Doug Gottlieb. In for Colin Cowherd. Hmm. Interesting story about Frank Vogel's coaching tenure. We'll get to that upcoming. Uh, Eric Wood will join us. He, uh, former Pro Bowl uh, offensive lineman for the Bills, of course, calls the Bills games on radio, and we'll get his his take on the Bills' performance and how much it hurts to lose your best cover corner at this point in time in the season. Plus, I I got some weekend picks for you. I got some of that Lakers stuff for you. I got a bunch. I got a bunch. So the Cowboys lost to the Raiders last night and if you just said Cowboys Raiders and you took out the Henry Ruggs car crash and you took out the John Gruden firing okay you're like the Raiders are better this year it's not the worst thing in the world but you can't and I thought they did a pretty good job of like walking kind of towing that line last night during the broadcast in which they're talking about like look the the truth to it is it's not just the emotion of having a football player who is really well liked get drunk and kill another human being and her dog and put himself in jail, lose his freedom, you know, his money and his spot on the team. But also like, look, you also lost a really talented kid who has incredible speed and they were just kind of figuring out how to use him and you lost your play caller. You're kind of your football czar. And you got rid of some other guys as well. Like you have injuries like, like other, other NFL teams. That's that's not a particularly good Raiders team and the Raiders, the game should have been over five times, but they're the Raiders and the Cowboys are, uh, you know, have talent of their own. And, you know, you have a kick return touchdown that got them back, you know, gave them life. But the, uh, the officiating becoming a big part of the story. The fact is that, yes, the Cowboys got caught, but so did the Raiders. Here's Mike McCarthy on the officiating. 28 penalties,
6: I, I really, I mean, I don't
3: know what the hell you want me to say. Um, the Cowboys-Raiders game was the first NFL game in 18 years in which both teams were assessed 14 or more penalties for 100 or more yards. Like, that's a, that's a lot. That's a lot. Um. so look Jerry Jones was I mean this is a this is like a backhanded shot compliment talking about Derek Carr throwing the ball deep take a listen
1: Oakland took advantage of the situation I call it throw up ball right way to play it a game like this just throw it out there and get
4: a
6: penalty That's it. Uh, 166 yards of penalties what do you make of that?
1: well uh,
3: this would probably be arguably the most watched game other than the Super Bowl and I hate it that it got down to just throwing the ball up and uh, getting the penalties to get you big play. Look, is it is it a flaw in officiating that if you're not looking at the ball and the ball is thrown short, you end up running through the guy's body and it's a it's pass interference? Absolutely. But the first thing is, remember, the Raiders were called for 14 penalties as well now. Okay, it's not like it was like all one-sided. Secondly, that's how it's actually taught. It's taught that way. Don't believe me? Take This is Derek Carr talking about the advice John Gruden always used to give him. I think one thing I've tried to do this
6: year, especially when 11 was here, you know, was I I was going to be so aggressive. It leads sometimes to, you know, complete as many balls on a percentage chart or whatever. But Gruden used to tell me, don't ever take your arm out of the game. So when we call these things, let's let's rip them, you know. And so we saw some things on film where hopefully we get some looks. Hopefully we can get some one on ones down the field. And we were able to find some of those, you know, and have a, you know, an explosive day.
3: Yeah, look, he threw for over 300 yards. They're undefeated when he throws for over 300 yards. So some of it is him being aggressive. But also, you're taught to throw the ball just, if you're going to miss, miss short. You know, miss short because then you have the opportunity, one, for your wide receiver to go make a play on the ball or for the for the cornerback to interfere on it. But I, I've, I still think we're missing a big portion of it is that I'm not telling you Dak Prescott stinks. I'm not telling you Dak Prescott's not a great story, that the Cowboys didn't make a great draft pick, that he's not a good leader. All those things are great. But I just have a hard time with you convincing me he's this great quarterback. By great, you find a way to win those games. Well, he doesn't have his two wide receivers. I got it. I saw Aaron Rodgers win without his top wide receivers and going to Arizona against a better team on the road in a hostile environment. They did it. You know? Um, it doesn't mean Aaron Rodgers wins every game. There are no, are no perfect players, but I, I, I do think that we, if, you know, you go back a couple years ago when you took Ezekiel Elliott and he was suspended, the team sank. And two years ago before, uh, you know, they, the, the defense wasn't good, but the Cowboys didn't beat any team with a winning record last year until he got hurt. Yes. He lit up the Atlanta Falcons but that was in a come-from-behind fashion, and the Falcons were awful. Against the better teams in the NFL, he hasn't been as good, generally, as the other quarterback. He just hasn't. And so that there's this, I, I think, fair point to be made that, yes, he was a discount for a long time, but part of it was for a reason. You know, there's a parallel there to Black Friday. Like, you're going to go... If you go to a mall or you go online, you're like, man, don't you love when you go to a, a website or to a store that always seems ridiculously overpriced and you feel like for this one day, I'm going to get over on the man, right? And you look at your, your favorite kind of clothing and you're like, oh, wait, wait a second. 50% off the already 50% off. How is this possible? Now, in California, we actually have, it's beneficial to be in California at this time of sale year because of what I'm going to tell you, you know to always be true. When you go to your favorite clothier online, right? You do, if you do the Lulu or the Aloe, right? You do the soft yoga gear or you do, you know, Lucky Brand or, you know, you do high-end like Mr. Fashionista, John Varvatos, Whatever you do, you go to their online. You're like, man, seventy five percent off. You click on shirts. What kind of shirts are they? The Short sleeve, which means well, they're last spring's style. And so, by the time you get to wear them, whether because of color or because of style, it's it's going to be dated. It's going to be a year old. Which to me, I don't care. Like it's the style's only a year old. That's fine by me. Heck, might my. my my dated clothing, I'm better. I'm, I got, I give myself like a five year window. And really, if it's 10 years too old, I got a chance of it coming back. Like, I still rocking acid wash jeans and pegging them because I think at some point it's coming back. I just skipped the high waisted thing. I do like the baggy jeans are coming back. I still have some from college that were, that were ridiculous while well, I'm waiting for that day. But my point is that you're going to go and you, You get something at a discount, you get, you get it home. You're like, Oh, well, that's why it was on sale. Yeah, dude. It's last year's style. Right. Or it's just good. There's a reason that it's at a reasonable rate. It it doesn't mean that there's not value in it. It doesn't mean that you're not going to rock the, you're not going to rock those shorts. Okay. That the inseam is long and now we're rocking short inseam shorts. It just means that everybody's going to know. And that's what you got with Dak Prescott. He's good. No one is saying, take it back. And by the way, with that contract, there are no take backs. But the Cowboys knew it. If the Cowboys thought that he was the greatest quarterback ever, that he was a top five quarterback, do you think they would have let it play out and haggled back and forth over a couple million dollars? Hell no. They would have locked him up a long time ago. They knew he's good. He's not great. They're trying to save money so they can keep building a team around him. Because when he doesn't have wide receivers that are elite talent, he can't make them better. It's not who he is. There's only five or six or seven magicians in the NFL anyway. He's not one of the magicians. But he's very good at what he does. He's a good, solid player. Cowboys knew it. You know it. I know it. That's what played out yesterday. And Mike McCarthy's the same way, you know he's got a great resume, like oh boy, he was around, you know, farving those guys. he coached Aaron Rodgers to a Super Bowl win but but if if he was great, they wouldn't have just let him walk. He wouldn't have sat for a year and look at his teams same thing he meanwhile he leaves Green Bay, they've gone to what. How many straight a- NFC championship games? Two? Aaron Rodgers won the MVP later in a later stage of his life? Why is that? It's not that McCarthy's bad. He's just not great. It's not that Dak Prescott's bad. He's just not great. It's not that their defense is bad. It's just not great. It's not that Ezekiel Elliott is bad. He's just not great anymore. There's no wow plays. And That's what you have on the team. That, that's what you have. All right, coming up next, we're going to get to uh, Eric Wood join us. We'll get his thoughts on the Cowboys, his thoughts on the Bills, especially not just the win, but losing their best cover corner. How does that affect them heading into the future? We'll get to that next. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is The Herd.
5: Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app.
1: On the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you
4: get your podcast. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field.
0: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your
3: podcasts. Doug Gottlieb in Fort Collins, The Herd on Fox Sports Radio, the iHeartRadio app. The FBI is committed to combating hate crime, seeking justice, and providing assistance to victims. Visit FBI.com slash hate crimes for more information. The FBI is here to help, protecting our communities. Together, report hate crimes. Eric Wood in a moment, but we got a lot of things brewing, including um, a report on Frank Vogel's job status, all part of Herdline News. No, 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 no. Turn on the news.
7: This is the Herdline News. Now, Doug, uh, Dylan Hernandez in the L.A. Times today uh, wrote a piece about the Lakers' struggles. And within that column, uh, he writes that it seems just a matter of time before Frank Vogel is made the scapegoat in this situation. Uh, What are your thoughts on that?
3: Um, Look, I I think it's... uh, I think it is likely it's a matter of time before he becomes a scapegoat. But I also think that... Uh, he got a contract extension before the year started. That was big because he was dealing with the fact he was on the last year of an expiring deal. The Lakers are relatively frugal in terms of buying him out. Now, they, they have a couple of options sitting next to him, but I don't I don't think they're going to turn a team over to David Fisdale at this point in the year. So I think Frank will get this season to figure it out, and I think it's going to be hard. You know, he talked today about moving LeBron to the five-some, um, you're not going to know what they have until they get everybody back. And once they, when they get everybody back, I think you got a pretty good team, but they're going to have to be better defensively in the perimeter. And LeBron is not that guy anymore that really goes out and guards in the perimeter. So you can kind of have to navigate through that. I think Frank's a really good coach. I don't know. You know, he, he's going to be a little bit powerless in terms of how they want to play just because, no matter how good defensively you are, if you don't have the personnel, that's really hard to, to, to do. So I don't, I feel like uh, Palinka's done a good job of upgrading the talent and probably upgrading the chemistry. I just wasn't good last year. They, whatever, you know, obviously Schroeder, that Schroeder thing didn't work. Um, but I, that doesn't mean that that makes them championship good because everybody else is better. And that also doesn't mean it marries with how frank really wants to play so i don't know if that's made them better but the injuries have really taken away from any chance to seeing what they actually have
7: now those lakers are hosting the kings tonight favored by seven and a half lebron is supposed to play um and anthony davis is supposed to play as well now it's the first game since lebron had two fans removed uh during the pacers game on wednesday night uh, Black Sports Online reported that one of the two fans removed allegedly told LeBron that they hope his son Bronny dies in a car wreck. It's uh, it sparked interesting debate over the last 36 hours of what's acceptable and what's not when you're sitting there as a fan. You side with LeBron completely on this one, don't you, Doug?
3: Well, I, again, I I hadn't heard that. I'd heard something far less sinister was said to him. But, yes, I, I think what, you, what people have to understand, like, read your ticket. They can eject you whenever they want, and I've always often thought, it. Like if you're, if you're a, if you're a player, okay, why would you get into a back and forth with a fan? Like just eject him. That's it. You know, it's like it's like when you're on Twitter. Like don't go back and forth. Somebody just mute them or block them. Done. It's like squashing ants. So I thought it's a power move by LeBron. It's a good move, and it's a good deterrent for other people. Now, here's how you know they said something. That they knew they shouldn't say when LeBron had pointed him out. There was never none of that, like, me? No. What are you talking about? I didn't say anything. You know, and then trying to trying to win the room over. Like tapping the guy next to you on the shoulder, like, tell him I didn't say anything. Tell him, what are you guys doing? Whereas everybody else was sitting there going like, Oh, that's messed up. That's messed up, LeBron. But yeah, that it was also messed up what they said. So they're definitely guilty. I just don't know what they're guilty of.
7: Well, good news uh, for Cleveland Browns fans. Uh, Head coach uh, Kevin Stefanski told reporters today that he expects Kareem Hunt and all-pro offensive tackle Jack Conklin to be activated from the IR and play on Sunday. Uh, Hunt's missed the last five games with that calf injury. Conklin's only played in six games due to an elbow injury. Having both of those players back is great news for Browns fans and for those of us who have uh, Kareem Hunt in our fantasy football teams as we make a push for the playoffs, right?
3: Uh, Nobody cares about your vacations, uh, about pictures of food that you ate. ate, Golf rounds. uh, Your golf score, especially the intricate details of what happened on hole 13. And definitely no one cares about your fantasy football team. But for the Browns, yes, it's important to get healthy. They haven't been healthy all year, and when you get more running back health, that's even more important because that's the staple of what and how they want to play.
7: And I, I've been on record, by the way, I, I don't mind hearing about your fantasy team, and until you make the transitional phrase, now in my other league, that's when I stop listening. I I, I can't I can't give you two two team summaries. Um, now, Ole Miss won the Egg Bowl yesterday, right? Their, uh, yeah. their rivalry game against Mississippi State, 31-21. Ole Miss is 10-2 on the season, uh, 6-2 in the SEC. That, those 10 wins matches a school record. Now the speculation begins. Uh, does Lane Kiffin stay? Does Lane Kiffin go elsewhere? There are some amazing destination jobs out there. How do you think this plays out with Kiffin?
3: Um... I mean, I think it gets a new contract. I just don't know where it is. Um, you know, obviously the A and M win is their their signature win when they beat Arkansas. Arkansas was really good, and it was an unbelievable football game. Um, and you know, like at a conference, Louisville's fine, but they beat Louisville, so it's like it's not like they played complete sisters of the poor um, the the entire season. You know, Louisville's six and five, four and four, but. They didn't play Georgia, didn't beat Alabama, and so many other teams are down. But they beat AM and m who's not down. So, uh, look, Lane's done a really good job. I, the question is going to become, you know, how much of his past baggage chases him, and, you know, can he be the guy that fixes Florida or LSU? LSU seem, would, would seemingly make sense just because he's an offensive guy and they need offense. Heck, USC would make sense, if not for the fact that He's been there, done that, and they fired him on the tarmac. Personally, I don't think there's anything wrong with staying, get a whole bunch of money, and just, you know, but you got to know there's going to be some lean years at Ole Miss, especially in the new SEC. But, um, you know, he's got a tremendous quarterback and who's, you know, a California kid. He's only six feet tall, so I don't know what his value is in the draft. But if you can keep him, stay there. If he can move, take the quarterback with him. Then you would be fine.
7: Now, Doug, history was made yesterday in college basketball. Uh, Rick Pitino and, and the Iona Gales made MAAAC men's hoops history uh, when they upset 10th-ranked Alabama. It was the first team in the Metro Atle- Atlantic Athletic Conference to ever be the top 10 team. Um, now, I know you've said Rick Pitino is a, is a hell of a coach. I wonder what – What is Patino's legacy ultimately going to be? Um,
3: I think, I mean, to me, I think he's the best modern day basketball coach we've ever seen. And he's done it on, on, you know, it's, it's the, he was the first one to really embrace the three point shot back. He's at Providence. But when he got the Knicks' job, they were pressing and shooting threes. Way more so, nobody was shooting threes like them in the NBA. He was ahead of it, you know, in terms of personal conditioning and having guys be lighter and lose weight and running and conditioning in the offseason. And he was ahead of it. Uh, tanking. They tanked in Boston. They didn't get Tim Duncan, but he was ahead of it. So, I, I, and then on the court, he's, they've been fantastic. You know, Final Fours at Providence, National Championships at Kentucky and at Louisville. Uh, winning in, in Greece as, a, as, a, as the, a coach in Athens. So he's won everywhere he's been. I, I don't think he can escape the off-the-court controversy. There's just too much of it, too much noise. But to, to people who are in the know in terms of basketball, like it's not a crazy statement to say he's actually been a more transformative basketball mind than anybody else in basketball over the last 25 years. And that is Herdline News.
2: Well, that's the news.
5: And thanks for stopping
3: by. The Herdline News. I uh, had, a, had a good day cooking yesterday. I uh, caught a little bit of heat because I did tweet out a picture of the, of the uh, sweet potato casserole, which had the little mini marshmallows on top. But we, we put on the broiler for like three minutes and obviously it like blackens and browns them. But it was still like it was amazing amazing. Eric Wood joins us, who, uh, Woody, you, you wouldn't think in looking at you that you're a former offensive lineman and a really, really good one. Now, do you go crazy Thanksgiving and you get in your old kind of fat guy ways and, and just pound a bunch of food?
6: Oh, yeah, I will. Yeah, I definitely have that in me. I I, uh, I prescribe to intermittent fasting most days because, you know, it, it's hard to break the habits of eating like an old lineman, so I just choose to have less meals and a little more Little more nutritious nowadays, based upon the fact that I'm not paid to be big and push people around. Yesterday, I was in New Orleans for the game. Had me some oysters for lunch. Mm-hmm. We'll do our traditional Thanksgiving as a family on Sunday.
3: All right, I'm I'm, I'm good I'm good with that. Um, okay, we'll we'll get to the injury in a second, but uh, Josh Allen hadn't played nearly as well, and they weren't great in the first half. Did they? Did did something change? Did they break out of it in the second half, or is just New Orleans not very good?
6: Uh, Probably a combination of both. They they were playing better ball in the second half. In the first half, they were were intent on establishing a run game, And, and that's partially to keep defenses honest. But New Orleans gave up 242 yards rushing last week to the Eagles. But prior to that, they had the number one rush defense at all at the NFL. So I understand that the Bills want to establish a run game moving forward. They do not want to continue to get that Kansas City treatment where everybody plays you in too high and just dares you to throw the ball underneath. See if you can sustain drives, and then when you do take a shot down the field, there's often the, uh, a safety lurking over the top. So, um, you know, it was a combination of them being intent on establishing a run game against a good rush defense. Josh Allen forced one pass and got picked off, and then another time he got his arm hit in the red zone and he threw an interception there, or else it could have been a lot worse at halftime.
3: Um, okay, so, uh Why do you think they haven't been as good? Was it because they haven't run the football and hasn't set up that play action and that's why they wanted to establish the run? Like, why do you think they haven't been playing as well offensively? Specifically, Josh hasn't been playing as well as he did last year.
6: Well, it's it's turnovers. And if you look at statistically, Josh Allen a year ago and Josh Allen this year, it's very similar, except for the expectations were a lot higher going into this season. And so um, one of the biggest factors is there's been more turnovers from the Bills' offense in general. In the first seven games of the season, they have six total turnovers. In the last four games, they've had nine. And that plays a big factor into the Bills getting beat by Jacksonville. The Bills getting beat by the Colts. You just can't turn the ball over in this league and win. Of all the stats you look at at the end of the game, turnovers are the number one predictor of wins and losses.
3: Uh, Okay, so how much is losing uh, your best cover corner Hurt the ultimate ceiling of this football team.
6: It definitely hurts. Tredavious White is—he's a—he's a a ten out of ten player in person. That's a big loss for the organization. Um, What they're able to do defensively, um, some of it, uh, because of what he can do out there on the outside by himself. Levi Wallace across from him benefits from constantly having the safety rotation because you can leave Tredavious White on an island at times. He'll shadow the other team's best receiver you're going to have to come up with some different game plans. Stradivius hasn't missed much time in his career. And so this is pretty unfamiliar territory for this Bills coaching staff to game plan without him. Now, they have experience all over the field. And so losing one guy you would hope wouldn't derail what a lot of people are hoping is a Super Bowl season. But he's a, he's a tremendous factor in what they do.
3: Um, okay, they got two games left against the Pats. The Pats now are starting to get hot. The defense is obviously very good. You got a rookie quarterback and everything they're doing is kind of underneath, you know, option routes, you know, a very, very conservative style. How does that match up with the bills?
6: Well, I'll say the bills rush defense was excellent until two weeks ago against the Colts. And then the one game against the Titans, those were two physical offensive lines that got the better of the bills defensive front seven. Well, new England's got a physical line. One of the best lines in football, um, their tight end room right up there with one of the best in football as well. Mac Jones is doing a good job of taking care of the ball. I would say as far as the Bills defense goes, it's not a great it's not a great matchup. And a lot of people, especially in the Bills media, are concerned about a matchup with the Patriots just because it's unfamiliar. Last year they sweeped the Patriots, but you know th- this is a totally different team this year. And you got to see how this Bills defense will play against Mac Jones. I'll be honest, when the schedule released, I was hoping that the Bills would at least play the Patriots once early just assuming if they started Mac Jones he would continue to get better throughout the season which he has. And so next Monday night is going to be a whole lot of fun up in Orchard Park cuz assuming New England, New England takes care of business this weekend that's for first place in the AFC East.
3: Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be a zoo. It's going to be an absolute absolute zoo. Um
6: yeah, yeah, Bills Bills Mafia won't be having any fun prior to that one. I mean, they, they, it might as well be a national holiday. I don't even know where you're going to be able to go get a bite to eat. I think everybody will be taking the day off to uh, start tailgating early.
3: Have you, have you, have you jumped off a van onto a table yet? Like, have you, have you fully? I mean, I, obviously, you're like a, a deity sort of f- figure there. Um, have you, have you jumped off the top of a, a roof of a van or a truck onto a table yet?
6: I have not, and I kind of have a built-in excuse with my neck that I can say that. Maybe it would be effective if if I would if I would do that. I will tell you a funny story though. I got in a little bit of trouble with the Bills. I guess it was the 2019 season. It was my first year back working for the Bills, doing some media work for them, covering the games on the radio. And this group reached out to my broadcast agent and said, "Hey, we'll pay. Uh, I think it was like three grand or 2,500 to show up for 45 minutes at this tailgate for this guy's birthday." I said, "Yeah, I'll show up. I don't have that much pride. I'm, it's on my way into the stadium. You know, I'm walking around with a coffee cup. I got a." Sport jacket on, and I have, I'm holding the coffee cup to make it just blatantly obvious I'm not out there drinking, partying before the game. Well, I am in the background of a video of someone jumping through a table that got posted on the internet. I guess someone tagged me. <laughs> then all of a sudden, uh, I got I got reprimanded that we are not as Bills employees. We cannot be around that. Not that we would be liable, just to protect at any cost. Uh, that that's unacceptable. So um, I've had to limit my tailgate appearances since, but. When they're, when they're coming close to doubling your paycheck, you do what you got to do, Doug.
3: Um, I am, and, and it's not just because I watched that Colts game. I watched the Colts. I mean, they handled the Ravens for the first half, and then Lamar just went crazy. Like, I feel like because of how they started, we left the Colts for dead, and they're a sleeper team. You have Carson Wentz, who is back playing good football. You have a tremendous talent in Jonathan Taylor. Obviously, Bills fans saw that firsthand last week and the defense is fast, does kind of fly around. Like I kind of feel like they're an under-the-radar AFC team. Uh, you've seen them up close and personal. How good are the Colts in comparison to the tops of the uh, of the AFC?
6: They're right there with them. And when you look at this Colts roster last year, they gave the Bills everything they wanted in the first round of the playoffs before the Bills end up moving on to the AFC championship. And you replace Phillip Rivers with Carson Wentz. You put him back with Frank Reich and Frank Reich, Yeah, I have as much respect for him as any head coach in the NFL. What he does schematically, the way his teams play, it's just truly unbelievable um, what he's been able to establish up there in Indy and not that long of a time up there. So, um, yeah, the, Col- the Colts are definitely a team that has to be reckoned with. And when you look at what they're able to do, they have a great offensive line. They can establish the run. They have some weapons on the outside, especially with Michael Pittman emerging on the outside on that offense. The defense is solid. They got they got a good ball club from top to bottom.
3: They do have they do have a good ball club from from top to bottom. Um, have you ever been in a game where you had the type of number of penalties that you saw the Raiders? And I know you're prepping uh, you're prepping for your game, and your game started. But did you see all the penalties in the in the Raiders Cowboys game?
6: Yeah, fourteen apiece. Yes. I mean, and and I'll, I'll tell you this. I mean, just the Bills have been penalized just at an astronomical rate this year. And I I mean, I follow them. So you have some uh, bias just from familiarity with the team and the amount I cover them. But I just feel like these penalties are out of control. Some of these holding calls, it's the roughing the passers, it's the holdings, it's the defensive PI, the defensive holdings, those that I'm not saying you could call it on every play, especially with the roughing the passers, but they're subjective in nature. You know, you can call it essentially when you want to. If there's a hold away from the ball, Maybe you let that one go if it's at the point of attack. You call it, but I, I just feel like penalties are up, and, and those those refs sure put on a show on
3: that four o'clock hour. Yeah, the ref ref show is not fun to watch. Ref no, shows, not at no, all. No, not 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 fun to watch. Uh, Woody, enjoy that uh, Sunday Thanksgiving dinner. In the meantime, you got get are you calling a game tomorrow? Uh, no, I'm off. I'm going to
6: go to the University of Louisville, Kentucky football game. Go enjoy that tomorrow. Root on my alma mater, the Cardinals. Uh, root for a win i was able to see some pictures on your twitter it looked like you cooked a pretty good meal yesterday
3: yeah i got i got a little heat like when you smoke it the outside is going to be darker like the inside was perfect i don't know what like people are telling me about it about it being it was it was a little i i, I had a little bit of an incident with the i'm I'm a dark meat guy so it doesn't really matter like that's always going to be juicy but i i never use a thermometer my mom's like here use the chicken thermometer know if it's done and I don't think it was accurate. Like I left it on a little bit longer, but it was it was good, man. We we got after it, you know. Got yeah, after it. Yeah,
6: as long as as long as you liked it, then what do you care what the Twitter bots are saying?
3: Exactly. Don't don't really care. Don't really care. Don't care.
6: Right. So I like you. All
3: right, brother. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for joining us.
6: Yeah. I'm happy Thanksgiving. Talk to you soon.
3: All right. That's Eric Wood joining us. Uh, check out his podcast. What's next with Eric Wood? Escape QuickBooks, quicksand with NetSuite by Oracle. The number one financial system special financing is back. NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind financing program only for those ready to switch from QuickBooks to NetSuite today. Head to netsuite.com slash herd right now. Uh, All right, give you our picks for the weekend's games. I'll come next. Be
5: sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific.
1: I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. At Bed
4: 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic, every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field.
0: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple
3: Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Doug Gottlieb in for Colin. This is The Herd on Fox Sports of the iHeartRadio app. Do you guys see this in Nebraska who's losing right now? There's been a couple of super suspect calls against Iowa. But Nebraska, three-win team going against a nine-win team in Iowa, playing at home, uh, Nebraska is actually favored. So, what what it's always weird to me when you'll see highlights on Sports Center or sports shows, whatever that if will be if Nebraska wins the game, if Nebraska upset Iowa, but it's not an upset if you're favored, right? Jason Stewart, I'm correct there, right? I mean, it's not it's not an upset.
7: Correct. If, you you if go Nebraska by the, wins. You go by the uh, in line. Yep.
3: Even though it's a nine and two versus a three and eight team
7: yeah you gotta go by Vegas rules in this regard.
3: I agree, but it is it's just hard visually and to to understand that one, especially when they're in the same league. It's not like you're playing you know u t San Antonio against Nebraska. And you're like, well, one team hasn't lost, and one team's won three games, but one's u and t San antonio this is you know this is Iowa who's you know was a top ten team for much of the year, and they're nine and two and six and two uh going against uh, going against Nebraska, who's 3-8, 1-7 and, eight, one and seven in conference play. Um, okay, so let's, let's get to the college football g- games. You know, Missouri's a team who is a 14-and-a-half-point dog taking on Arkansas. If you've been paying attention to Missouri football, you're like, well, the last two weeks, you know, they beat South Carolina in a close game. They beat Florida by one, and that ended Dan Mullen's career. Their wins are over Florida, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, North Texas, Southeast Missouri State, and Central Michigan. Right. Go, and look, go and look at the SEC standings in the SEC East, right? The only three teams they've beaten are the three teams below them in the SEC East. So now they'd be taking on an Arkansas team who also has three wins. And Arkansas coming off a close loss uh, to Alabama. Their wins were over LSU, Mississippi State, Arkansas, Pine Bluff, A&M, Georgia Southern, Texas, and Rice. And they won three out of their last four. The, the question is losing at Alabama, does that does that beat you up to the point of you, when you can't win and cover against Missouri? Missouri just, and just so you know, Missouri's losses, uh, only Boston College was really a close loss. Kentucky earlier in the year was by a touchdown. But that's one of those where the the records and the hotness of the streak don't match up with the reality of it. Arkansas, I think, far better than Missouri. Different division in the same league. I like Arkansas. Um, you know, Utah, Colorado. Utah coming off a pummeling of USC is a 24-point favorite over Colorado. The big game, Ohio State-Michigan. 9 a.m. Uh, West Coast time, noon East Coast time. On Fox, Ohio State's a seven-point favorite. It was seven and a hook yesterday. I loved Michigan. Still like Michigan. At at some point in time, you are going to be the smarter guy. The problem is that CJ Stroud's really starting to play, and CJ Stroud feels like he's the difference maker. I it just it's the the difference in Michigan Ohio State has been overall personnel for a long time, and maybe it still is. I mean, Chris Olave is better than anybody in the wide, wide receiving court from Michigan. But the bigger issue is they've just been so much better at quarterback, and that doesn't feel like it's changing. So the 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 head says, well, "Look, at some point in time, you got to take Michigan. That's a really good team and a really good defense." But the the old football, who's got the better quarterback? I don't think it's it's very close. I don't think it's close. Auburn, Alabama, eh. You know, Auburn without the starting quarterback, not going to be the same team. And then there's Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. So this is my alma mater, Oklahoma State. Um, I think it's been seven years in a row. They haven't beaten OU. Last time they beat them was when Tyreek Hill was the punt returner. And I don't know, I I mean, there was a a penalty um, on Oklahoma State on the punt. And so instead of uh, wiping off the penalty and taking the ball where they... Bob Soups decided to kick it again. He kicks it to Tyreek Hill, runs it back to the house, and they win a game. That's the last time Oklahoma State beat him. And then Tyreek Hill got in trouble the very next week and got kicked off the team. So he didn't finish up at Oklahoma State. You know, I think, where'd he go? Alabama State or something? So that's the last time. And this is an Oklahoma team that we've been told all year how good they are. And really, it's been like the Texas Tech game, they played great. Outside of that, they haven't played great. You know, they messed around with Kansas. They needed a great comeback against Texas. You know, look at how they played recently, and you're like, yeah. And really, they couldn't throw it last week. Tried to establish a run. People are kind of making them dink and dunk down the field. They lost to Baylor two weeks ago. They beat Iowa State, which is a good win. You know, that's a good, well-coached team. But, man, it was a struggle. It was really, really a struggle. I think this is one of those, it's a close game. You take Oklahoma because that's a program that's used to winning games. And not that Oklahoma State's been bad. They've been good, but not to this level. If, if Oklahoma State can get a lead, I do think that Oklahoma can fold up shop. Plus, it's just the years and years of being beaten down by Oklahoma. And even though many of these players didn't grow up and experience it, don't care about the past, It does get in, there is a certain mentality it can get in your head. You know Ryan, for example, is working with us today. I'm in his head. he know he knows he th- he thinks he's a movie savant and but he knows that i I beat him up with all of my arguments about why he hates on the new Star wars he hates on everything right he gets he gets but i'm I know that for him to win an argument, it has to be. Like a hammer in the nail. It has to be a no-doubter. Because if it's close, I'm going to win because I'm in his head. Jason Stewart, did you know that, how in Ryan's head I am mentally?
7: I did not know that. I, I know he's verbally uh, denying it in the studio here.
3: No, he's vociferously denying it. Yeah, he's like, he's a little, he gets fired up. He's really upset. I mean, he's a Trekkie. I I just can't help him. You know? He likes Lord of the Rings and not the new Star Wars because he thinks they've sold out and they, they have cheesy storylines. and like They didn't just get cheesy storylines. They've always been kind of cheesy. Anyway, kidding with Ryan. Happy Thanksgiving to you, Ryan. Uh, but, like, look, this is one of those you don't have to move. You got Gonzaga taking on Duke tonight. So, Duke is the one with Paolo Banchero. He looks like the after photo whereas uh, whereas uh, Chet Holmgren looks like the before photo. I do think that Gonzaga wins because uh, Andrew Nebhart, who's their transfer junior point guard, senior point guard, I started at Florida, then started at Gonzaga, like really good player, and he's played great basketball. Whereas Duke Wendell Moore is like their point forward, center, everything, and I just I think you need better guard play, and I think Gonzaga's got better guard play. But that one should be fun. And I'm already two, and we're not even noon here, and I'm already two um, leftover plates in, Jason. Two. That's impressive, right? Like, and I'm not, a, I'm not a leftover guy at all, but that's kind of what Thanksgiving is. I'm not a pie guy, but I do love pies at Thanksgiving. I'm not a leftover guy, but I eat leftovers at Thanksgiving. And honestly, I'm not really a turkey guy, but when mixed with all the little cranberry sauce, little homemade mac and cheese, sweet potato pie, stressing, greens, and then some turkey. Now it tastes good. Now it's really, really good. Really good. We would even talk NFL games this weekend. Stu, you got my five for five? We got to give people the picks, right? Coming up. We we, we, we don't have to. What do you mean coming up? I already gave the picks yesterday. They're coming up because we're posting them. I like the Colts. Over the Buccaneers. They're three point dogs. Take the Colts on the money line. Colts are playing really good football. Tampa is not. They're not playing their best football. Doesn't mean they can't by the end of the year. I think, I feel like this Indianapolis team is right there with everybody else in the AFC. Um, I like the Packers over the Rams. The Rams are a one point favorite. It's going to be 36 degrees. And I don't care how much you have, well, Matt Stafford has played in the cold. He's been in L.A. for six, seven months. Anybody who's moved out to L.A. knows what happens when you move to L.A. And then you go back and you're in the cold. The first time you go back and it's legit cold, like it's 40 degrees, you're like, oh my God, I'm never living out here ever again. Get me back to Southern California. Um, I I like the Niners, fully healthy. I think they're one of the best teams in the NFL. I do not believe in the Vikings, even if they beat the Packers last week. Niners, Packers, um, Colts, Bengals over the Steelers. Uh, and, and frankly, I like the, the, Giants, uh, the Giants over the Eagles. I know the Eagles have decided, hey, we're just going to run the football a ton and Joe Judge's team act like a mess, with a mess but I do think that play calling was a problem. I do think that all those guys are going to be playing for their jobs. And I think the Giants end up winning the game. All right, Colin back Monday. What Colin got right, what Colin got wrong. Follow my picks on Twitter, at Gottlieb Show. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is The Herd.